because I only I watched the movie for the first time last week and while I was watching it I just kept thinking of that thing that Bailey said about Christian how Christian Bale said for the character he studied interviews of Tom Cruise. Oh shit, I forgot about that. Because Tom Cruise is just like to him seemed like a person who was just pretending how to be a human rather than just <laughs> being, being a, a normal human. guy naturally. That's funny because if you look at some of the interviews, some of the early interviews of Tom Cruise, like now that I think about it, there are a lot of similarities between uh, Christian Bale's portrayal of Patrick Bateman and say, and, well, what was that interview where he freaked out on Oprah, where he was just that was so after obviously American jacked Psycho. up on cocaine? I think that was after American Psycho. Oh, he's geek. <laughs> I mean, actually, I don't know. But like, yeah, obviously the guy's a fucking freak. Um, he doesn't, he's a Scientologist and he's like, you know, a top Scientologist. So he really isn't connected to reality, I think, at all. Um, I don't even think he does interviews anymore. He just films Mission Impossible movies. He just produces, stars in. Does he have anything to do with the writing of the mission? Surely he would have some kind the of writing, influence over all areas. The writing. He, I mean, he probably has to okay the script, but, you know, he has he has people for that. Surely he he's like... He's not sitting at his a, computer being like, and then Ethan Hunt looks at the camera, mission accomplished. <laughs> Anyway, more point. on Tom Cruise later. For now, welcome to The Book's Better, the show that Yay. reads the horrifically violent and completely nonsensical source material so that you don't have to. I'm Dan. And I'm Orlando. And today... This is, this is, a, bad, this is a bad one. Yes. I, I was thinking about it. This is going to be a... Yeah, I don't know. It's a very brutal book. Today Movie. we're discussing American Psycho. Yes. The book and the movie, 91 and 2000. What are your opening thoughts, Dan? My opening thoughts is that there is a lot to talk about. This is a great book and movie combo to talk about because there's so many different things we can talk about. We can talk about all the horrible, disgusting things in the book that aren't in the movie. We can talk about the really big tonal differences between the book and the movie. We can talk about the insane controversies and how they were different. We can talk about the added female perspective in the movie, which a lot of people I don't think would would associate with American Psycho. Uh, we can talk about um, fucking, I don't know. So much. You know what's interesting? I think this is going to be quite different compared to the other things we've done so far. There's absolutely no progression. There's no kind of linear trajectory that the book... The movie still doesn't the, really have yeah. it, but a little bit more so than the book. But, like, it's it's not like we can go from, you know, point A to B to C and go through everything. It's literally just a bunch of... A bunch of bits happening in the yeah, book. Yeah, you're right. There's there's no there's no obvious structure that the book or the movie is going to give us for discussing it, unfortunately, because yeah. it sort of defies structure. I think the movie ends up with a bit more of a linear narrative just from the sheer amount that it cuts out. Because like there is sort of like a buildup of intensity in the story. His uh Pat Bateman's crimes get more and more violent and the things he does is more and more depraved. And then at the end, he tries to break up with his girlfriend 
and he's running from the police. And he confesses at the end. It reaches like a boiling point where he just yeah. fucking freaks out. Yeah, that's true. He confesses and he fails to confess. His confession doesn't work. And then there's the big, I guess the climax of the story is the reveal that it's unclear whether any of it is actually happening or not. With that little uh, apartment scene. Yeah. Interesting bit. I guess for some for anyone who has no idea what American Psycho is about at all, it's basically about a Wall Street yuppie in the 70s who at first just seems like uh, a sort of weird misogynistic rich guy partying. But then it turns out that he's this depraved human who goes around killing people and, you know, doing all these insane crimes. And it's this weird mix of like, commentary on on corporate culture and consumerism and all of that and like american uh capitalist like grandiose lifestyle and like horrific serial killer crime novel yeah it's interesting because it i think one of the main points is that all these people uh throughout the book and the movie i think it's actually more obvious in the book the movie kind of drives this point home a bit more, I think, where everyone is so incredibly self-absorbed and greedy that Patrick Bateman is getting away with these fucking horrific crimes, but, you know, no one else really fucking... Everyone's, you know, couldn't care less about what anyone else is doing. Like there's a a classic bit in in both of them, but the movie makes it more obvious that uh, people keep mistaking each other for other people. Um, yeah. There's there's a guy who just refuses to um, to to actually recognize Patrick Bateman, the main character, and just thinks he's someone else the whole time. And then, you know, they go out to dinner and he still doesn't know. And then at the end, Patrick's lawyer confuses him for someone else. Yeah. Well, that's the whole, at the ending, the whole question is whether um so patrick confesses and then he meets up with his lawyer and it turns out that his lawyer thought it was a big joke but then his lawyer thought that he no his lawyer yeah couldn't even remember that he was patrick bateman he thought he was someone else and he was like oh yeah that's a really that's really hilarious yeah and he's like oh there's like and the real kicker was that oh that loser patrick bateman (laughs) as if he could do all those crimes and then it turns out, and then he says that he has dinner with one of the people that we watch Patrick murder in the movie and then hear about him murder in the book. It's this, this, A lot of people don't like this movie because of its violent or maybe like misogynistic content. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. So uh, like it's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, but yeah, the thing that like definitely jumps out in the difference between these two is that the book is like actually depraved, like almost to the point where me, who's like not really, you know, I'm I'm the least like puritanical person there can be, but even I was like, is is this allowed? <laughs> yeah, Are you allowed to print this? <laughs> it well, it got when it had um when it was first published. I know a lot of places refuse, a lot of countries um oh. kind of. Yeah. Like, nah, I don't, we don't know about and this one. You know what happened? Because he was already, um, the guy who wrote this, Brett Easton Ellis, was already like sort of an established author. Um, when he was writing this book, he had a contract to write it. 
and like with a publisher, the publisher had like had a contract to publish it and they had already paid him a six figure sum for the book. And before it was released, part of it leaked. Uh, uh, I don't know which part of it, but a very like horrible part of it. Um, <laughs> and there was such a controvert, like there was such an uproar of people saying, oh, like you can't publish this filth. Um, that the publisher broke their contract, forfeited the advance, the six-figure advance, uh, and just didn't publish it. And then it was almost instantly taken up by another publisher who just paid him again a huge amount of money for it. Damn. uh, to, To publish it. So uh, egg on the face of those people who didn't who were protesting, I guess. Yeah, far out. Um, but yeah, that's how controversial this was. And then when they filmed the movie, some people might not know this, but the it, I think it was it was kind of like floating around for a long time between different people. Um, someone else was originally going to play uh, Patrick Bateman. It was it, it sort of took years to come off the ground, I think. But then eventually, uh, the director. It, it was picked up by a female director, um, Mary Harron, who's like known for um, known for having like a feminist angle in her work. But even then, the movie, the, the announcement of the movie was met with so much controversy. Apparently they had trouble filming it because people wouldn't let them film in their restaurants and wow they were just really did not fucking want it to happen. Yeah, people were protesting the shoots apparently. They actually had trouble uh, filming this movie. So it's incredibly controversial. And Orlando, do you want to tell them why with a choice uh, selection from the book? <laughs> okay, well. What was your favorite uh, horrible thing? Why don't we both go through, I'll say my, um, the part that kind of yeah, you okay. know, shocked me the most. And then you say the part that. Yeah, might, uh, might be the same part. Is it the it part right? It could very well to... be. You know, you know what? I think I know what yours is going to be. So I'll say something I think. Different. Yeah. I was going to say, is it the part where I had to stop eating my McFlurry because I felt <laughs> sick and couldn't eat any more of it? <laughs> I, I certainly hope so, Dan. Yeah. But okay. Well, you go first. You go first. Sir. I think. Well, quickly before, I think one of the, um, like you were saying, the tonal differences between the book and the movie, the movie, um, whether it was, you know, Christian Bale's acting or I guess it's just the way a lot of the dialogue is written. um, Yeah. It brings a kind of, he brings a kind of like levity to some of these. You know, even when Paul Allen is getting fucking axed in the head. Yeah, he's like dancing around and being all goofy. Yeah, it's like, um, and there's a lot of funny, like really funnily, uh, excuse me, really funny line deliveries. Yeah, and that's why. All the characters. um, I think that's like a big part of where this movie's cult following comes from and why you see all these like memes from the movie and everything. Like the business card scene, uh, that's one that's like endured online and the scene where he's talking about how much he loves Huey Lewis and the news. Uh, And that kind of Patrick Bateman, like the the funny Patrick Bateman where he's like dancing around with the axe and the raincoat, nowhere to be seen in the books. Patrick Bateman. Yeah, Patrick Bateman in the books hates himself. He hates life. He doesn't believe that he's human or real or has any real emotions 
And because of that, the book is really, aside from like maybe one or two scenes, which are kind of funny, it's just bleak and really hard to get through because it's just sad. Yeah, he's really, really mean. It's like a lot of this stuff, like violence, um, just like, I don't know, whatever other verbal abuse and drug use in the books and stuff. Mm. Um, I, I At least I can kind of get past that. It's just he's so mean-spirited. All these things that he's doing to these people, he's so mean and it's so bad and it's not the actual... I mean, you know, it's, a lot of it is the actual acts of violence that he's doing, but a lot of it is yeah. the... I don't know how to explain it. It's like the complete lack of respect for anyone yeah, like else in the Dehumanisation. Yeah, it's really, really nasty. I'll tell you what one of my favourite... Uh, favorite, one of my uh, one of the scenes that sticks in my head. Well, there's two. Yeah, your kind of similar-ish. Yeah, or oh, from the book that you really enjoyed. The, yeah, the one that you know what I I have actually uh, bookmarked in my book. I go back and read it. Um, the one that really made. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no, never mind. I'm not going to say that. It's disgusting. <laughs> there are some really. <laughs> there's a lot of detail as well in a lot of these scenes. Yeah, even like violence aside just like oh yeah just whether it's yeah violence sexual or sexual violence, violence or whatever it just goes use. into yeah a lot of detail graphic detail anyways so one of the bits in the book he's uh walking i can't remember the exact context there's not really much context in the book so it doesn't actually matter that much <laughs> but he's walking <laughs> uh down the street and he sees a man uh, who yep. he presumes is gay, and he's got his dog. And this yes. is another thing as well. This was he's in the movie really, too. Uh, it was in the movie as well, but he yeah. doesn't do what he does next, though, in the movie. Nope. And also, I don't think he hurls uh, homophobic slurs at the man in the movie no. either. Or maybe he does. I can't even remember. Yeah, it's quite full on. And because the whole book is just this dude's inner monologue. Yeah, so the the language is obviously hard, like disgusting. We can't repeat it on the podcast. <laughs> no, it's really bad. <laughs> Which actually, I'll ask you a question after this. Um, I just thought of. But anyways, so he sees this man and his dog. And basically what he does is he walks past him. Patrick Bateman's got his little like murder briefcase with him at all times as well. Yeah. He goes up to the guy and he's like, oh, this is a really lovely dog you have. This is how ba- this is, it's so bad because yeah. the whole setup and everything, he's like, oh, it's a really lovely dog. He's like, can I pat it? Can I like, <laughs> you know, hold it? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, no worries. And he picks up this dog <laughs> and he's petting this dog. I don't know at what point he pulls out some fucking massive knife out of his briefcase, but he basically guts the dog. Oh. Right, This is in the middle of the street as well. Fucking and horrible. in front of this guy... Um, really, I'm not going to go into any more detail, but it goes into so much yes, it disgusting descri- it, detail. It describes the gore. Yeah, so bad. Um, and then he stabs this dude a bunch. After, like, making him watch his dog die. Yeah, and uh, he's, yeah, oh, it's just bad. Yeah. Leaves him in the street. No one else, because I think that's another thing, um, I guess from what I said before is that everyone in this... Um, in the world that the book and the movie has created is just so self-absorbed. He's doing all these horrific yeah. things in the street, no in public, in the streets. And he, yeah, he's just gotten away with them. Uh, yeah. I mean, and like, 
yeah, that scene in the movie is you might see that and think it's like the most horrible thing you've ever seen, <laughs> even in the movie, the movie version. In the movie yeah. version, he shoots the guy a bunch and then he it's pretty brutal still he like goes to stamp on the dog and it like cuts away and you just hear the like dog cry out when he like steps on its no that's that's when he's in the alleyway dan that's when he stabs the homeless dude in the alleyway that's the equivalent scene isn't it no because there's there's also the part in the book where he fucking stabs the, the homeless dude as well yeah but does that dude have a dog did, uh, no, so they like combined no. those two I think they kind murders. of mashed them together a bit. Yeah, yeah, right. But yeah, anyways, countless different yeah. things. One of the other ones I'll quickly mention is when he's at the zoo. <laughs> this is like, this is at the end of the book where his descent into actual just, like his fucking life is just falling apart. Yeah, like cannibalism, um, necrophilia. Yeah. Um, uh, he torturing goes animals. Does he, he, what does he do? He's like at the zoo and there's a group of kids and their parents. Yeah. Um, and he like baits this kid over and yeah. he just fucking kills this kid in the like corner of the. Like, like behind a bin place. or something. Yeah. In the zoo. And it's yeah. just really mean and bad. Uh, and then he leaves the body. <laughs> yeah. Walks away. And then discover. everyone else is like, oh my, he's like, oh my God, what's happened? And this fucking kid's just dead in the corner. It's just so. And then he pretends bad. to be a doctor, right? Oh, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's what happens. He's like, guys, yeah. everyone get back, I'm a doctor. Yeah, it's insane. It's like, how the fuck, like, come on, Brett, bro, how did you think of this shit? Yeah, so bad. Yeah. Oh, the uh, other question, Dan, I was going to quickly ask you. Yeah. Because I read the, I like read the book. You listened to the audio book. That's right. Would you say that hearing someone narrate these scenes to you was worse or made it worse? Uh, I mean, I can't say whether it's worse because I only listened to it. I didn't read it, but that's true. Yeah, probably it it was it was worse because like you, it just goes at the speed that it goes, and then also like the the narrator did like act because it's all like his internal monologue. He did kind of like act the part as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, probably worse, probably. And just like, I feel like just hearing some of the like words and sentences is just, you know, it just hits the ears different than reading it. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty bad. And what was your, uh, scene that stood out to you from the book? Guess what? I literally cannot even describe it on this (laughs) podcast. It would make, uh, are we allowed to? No, not. We cannot. I don't want to. I'm not going to. It's it's actually fucking horrible. It's pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, no, Why no, don't no, you I'll, give I'll, a, yeah, set yeah. the scene of what I can do some context. People's... So basically, his apartment in the book turns into <laughs> just a nightmare space uh, because <laughs> he's keeping like bodies everywhere and like there's decomposing bodies everywhere and he's eating people's brains and shit and just like murdering girls everywhere. And then he finds this like massive rat that comes out of his toilet or something. It's like this huge, like New York fucking rat. Sewer rat. Yeah. And he Master cap- splinter <laughs> type rat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he captures it in a, in a, like a tub or some shit. I can't even remember. And he starves it for a long time and uh, abuses it. And he just has this fucking giant rat 
then when he invites his next victim over, there's basically a chapter called Rat Girl. I think that actually might be the title of the chapter, like that's, that's in the so book. That's so bad. That's yeah. so fucking bad. Um, and he, yeah, he basically, fought, like, you know that scene in Game of Thrones where at Harrenhal when they're torturing people? Yeah. Uh, yeah, picture that, but, like, with a, a fucking horrible sexual twist on the violence, uh, which was so disgusting and described in so much detail that I had to stop eating my McFlurry because it made Damn. me feel sick. Did it melt when you came back to it? Yeah. Was it I, melted? It, what type yeah. of McFlurry was it? M&M's. Why would I ever get any other kind of McFlurry? Mm. This is like um this is like uh his advice in the in the story when when people are like uh should you wear a double a double crest <laughs> suit to an evening affair? This yeah. is like this is like it's a Saturday afternoon. What kind of McFlurry is it acceptable to order from McDonald's? <laughs> and I'm like, you really got to go M&M's. I would say um I would say Eminem McFlurries, like in their prime, are the best. But I feel like in terms of uh, the McFlurries you want to be eating when they're melted, Eminem's is at the nearly at the bottom because all the color washes off and they turn all fucking yeah. grotty. The Eminem's go grotty, but then the ice cream is is kind the of the ice cream's is melted. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, if you're listening to American Psycho on audiobook and you really want a McFlurry. Get the Oreo one. Instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's another thing. Uh, that's another like a weird difference uh, in the between the book and the movie where the book almost like the movie almost misses out on making its point more. Whereas I think in most cases, the movie sort of makes the point of it a bit stronger by like picking and choosing uh, what it has, what it includes. But right. um when when it comes to uh, Patrick's fashion advice, there's a <laughs> lot more in the book. Uh, I think it's just one part in the movie when he's pretending to be on the phone uh, when the detective comes in or when the detective's leaving or something. Uh, he's explaining like what kind of suit you're allowed to wear or something. In the book, it's like every other <laughs> chapter. Cause, okay. <laughs> so much of the book is just him and his friends talking about like going out to dinner. There's just, just pages and pages of conversations of nonsense between them. And like some of it ends up in the in the movie, like some of the some of those classic scenes are from the book. But like just imagine like 50 times more of that just conversations of just fucking nonsense. And so much of it is just people asking Patrick what like so advice on like fashion and him just like answering like he's an expert um, yeah there's so much of it there must there be a lot. honestly like 12 scenes where he gives fashion advice or something it's weird going from these horrible things uh these horrible scenes we described because it's often like back to it's like it's like something he does something really fucked up and then the next yeah. chapter is him being like it purposefully blurs the borders between events and it messes with the timeline and like yeah it, it just like what you and, and also what you would think is like patrick it's it's weird because he's going about his everyday life even though a lot of the scenes where he is describing uh you know his fucking fashion sense or they're planning to go out to dinner 
a lot of those scenes, the fucking dialogue doesn't even make any sense because he's such a fucking nutcase. And yeah. half the time, especially towards the end of the book, there's a really funny scene where, um, and this happens in the movie, uh, I guess it's not as much in the book. Um, sorry, not as much as they describe it in the book, but there's that scene where he's having a fucking yeah. anxiety attack <laughs> and he's like fucking freaking the fuck out in the book because he runs out of his like his meds or he can't find them or something. And there's a scene in the movie where he uh, shoots all those people uh, at the very end. Yeah. And he's just fucking like walking through the streets of New York, just like freaking out and sweating and shaking. I think it's another thing the movie um, brings to the table is these funny shots. Not funny shots, but these shots of like Christian Bale's like sweaty face, just like shaking. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The business business card scene has the great close-up of him when he sees Paul Allen's card. Yeah, I, I want to say the the rampage scene when he's like shooting people in the street and stuff is like not even that close to the end in the book as well. It's like not really a climax as much. Um, yeah. yeah, which just adds to like the book's like complete lack of structure and catharsis. Um, towards the end of the book, everything sort of breaks down there's this like running thing in the book that I don't think made it into the movie at all. He, a lot of the time at a new chapter or something, you like che- it's like you're checking in with Patrick at the beginning of the day again. And he tells you what's on this fictional show called the Patty Winters show. And she's like, it's like a talk show and she's like interviewing some celebrity or something. Um, and then at the end, there's this like really weirdly haunting line where he just says a Cheerio is being interviewed on the Patty Winters show. <laughs> and it's like, oh, God, he's lost. That it. is when he's fully, like, fucking derailed. Yeah. Um, at the end. Um, and a Cheerio is being interviewed. So I, I don't know why, but that line just creeps me out so much. Um, maybe because it was it's, like, surrounded by horrific cannibalism, necrophilia, but... <laughs> somewhat contradictory to what we've said so far. There is some stuff in the book that's not in the movie at all that we found um, like weirdly hilarious. I'm not sure if like the intent in the book was that these scenes are really funny, maybe some of them. Um, But the first one is in his like Tom Cruise, the actor, (laughs) lives in in Patrick Bateman's apartment building <laughs> in the book. Um, and he, there's a scene not too far in, like near the beginning, um, where he runs into Tom Cruise in the elevator. And like Patrick, who's usually like thinking he's like better than people and stuff, he gets like starstruck. And and he goes, what? He's like, I loved you in, in uh, Bartender or something. Was it bar? Yeah, it was. It was. Um, and then, yeah. and then Tom, and then Tom Cruise, the character, the actor, the character is like, uh, the movie was called Cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> he like embarrasses him in the elevator. Yeah, it's it's hilarious because um, I don't know the character in the book Patrick Bateman is such a like he he has himself on this fucking massive pedestal. 
Yeah. And then he fully like fanboys over there. There's another part, um, which we also, yeah, we'll also talk about after. Beginning. Yeah. But he just completely like, <laughs> like freaks out and embarrasses himself in the elevator in front of Tom yeah. Cruise. But there's also that element of like, he doesn't know the name of his movie. Like he's even then he's like really so he's still self-absorbed. Like he doesn't actually give a shit. He just is trying to like get in with like someone who is higher status than him. That's like actually a good point. That constantly makes more sense. talking about Donald Trump. It's still like throughout the book, he's putting himself on this really high pedestal, but then people who are higher status than him, he freaks out over, like he can't handle it. Like he's constantly talking about Donald Trump and uh, there's the line in the movie where he goes, is that Ivana Trump? Um, <laughs> but he keeps his cool in the movie. In the book, he's just freaking out constantly. Yeah, he's a fu- he, he completely like breaks down over, um, you know, yeah. what you would say some pretty minor things. And while he's like his biggest shame uh, in the movie, it's this is in the movie, but it's anything that's in the movie, just imagine it 10 times more in the book is his failure to get into Dorsia. Um, (laughs) That's another funny scene. (laughs) And I feel like um, that scene, so I thought it was funny, but from what, if we're talking about the same thing where he's like on that, um, that like three or four way conversation. No, it's hilarious. That was so funny. Yeah. Because (laughs) he is trying to juggle. Yes. This is another scene in the book that we we found really funny. And I think this one is actually meant to be funny, but it's really close to the end of the book. He's like juggling dinner plans with three different people. And it's really hard to follow, uh, especially when you're listening to the audio book and you can't easily go back. It's really hard to, follow who he's made plans with and like what's happening and he's in a group call with his buddies and then he has his girlfriend on the other line and then I think he's like calling his girlfriend's friend as well and they don't have reservations they're like trying to get reservations at organized times and then at one point he just realizes that he actually has no idea what's going on either. <laughs> yeah. and there's just there's one point where he jumps uh he goes from the call with his girlfriend back to the the group call with his boys and uh in the audiobook one of them's one of them's <laughs> just going Bateman Bateman <laughs> They're just fucking razzing him, but he's like a, having a panic attack. Yeah, it, it's so funny because in his monologue, he's, it's so weird the way he's like talking in his monologue. He's like, I think at the time he seems very calm and collected. He's like bouncing between these different calls. But then if you actually read what's going on, he has absolutely fucking no yeah. clue what's happening and every <laughs> second sentence is contradicting something that he said before. <laughs> yeah, he going has no between clue. these calls. And then everyone else is like adding to it, but yeah, just fucking razzing him and just he's trying yeah. to And like the, so. the his girlfriend's constantly being like, Oh, like no, I don't want to go there, I wanna go here. And he's yeah. like he's like, Yeah, of course. And like at first, at least from my like this was my perspective, is I assumed that when he told lies or when he said things that weren't true, I assumed he was like trying to be like trying to smooth things over or like trying to lie strategically to like appease people. But then you realize eventually 
that he actually just has no idea what's happening. No, he has fucking no clue what's going on. Yeah. Absolutely no fucking idea. And um, and then I guess central to the entire point of the book and the movie, there's never any consequences for any of it. There's no consequences for anything that he does because no. the entire point of the story is that he's not allowed to have catharsis from yeah. the horrible existence that he lives in. And then, yeah, there's one more weird thing that was that's hilarious that's in the book and not the movie is uh, near At the, the beginning. the U2 concert? Yeah, the, him and his buds go to a U2 <laughs> concert and he sees Bono on stage uh, and he just falls in love with him and um, gets really turned on as well. It's I, really, like, really, again... Anything that happens, um, whether it's violence, yeah, like we said before, it goes into so much fucking yeah, detail. Or just weird shit. It's so anything. fucking weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, he just gets really fucking horny at this YouTube concert. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's truly bizarre. And it's like, so weird. He has almost like an out-of-body experience or something. He... Yeah, yeah. He just, he's like, ah, oh, oh, he he swears that Bono like locked eyes with him at one point. Yeah, and then and they like reached Nirvana or something. Yeah, it's just <laughs> really, uh, it's really something. I swear there are some more fun. I think there are some other parts in the book actually that maybe weren't intended to be funny, but just amongst all the fucking horrible things happening some of the stuff where he's just like going about his every everyday life like at the gym and stuff when he's talking about the gym memberships and all that shit oh yeah it is God, funny in a like weird way just the difference between i don't know the fucking various activities that he gets up to in his everyday life yeah there's just like whole there's like entire threads of the story that you just forget about and then like you, like you know, when I was uh, preparing for this podcast, I just like read stuff and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about all of that happening in the book. Yeah, <laughs> because it's, it's so. By... Yeah, and it's also just it's everything is such a non sequitur to everything else that yeah you can just kind of forget about entire sections of the book and it doesn't really like nothing else in the book kind of is related to it. Like, do you remember the breakup scene in the book? The, do you remember there's this whole thing that's not in the movie where he takes a urinal it's also fucking disgusting he takes a urinal cake from the bathroom and he like covers it in chocolate oh yeah and, he, <laughs> and yeah and he tells <laughs> the restaurant forget. to serve it to his girlfriend as dessert instead of like the mud cake that she ordered or whatever and then he's like sitting there watching her like like as she like takes a bite of this urinal cake it's like just once again so bad yeah it's it's bad me just describing it but this is like pages and pages of the build up to this and like the just describing it happening you know what i would say is that even some of these um like that is obviously not as uh fucked up as all the random hookers he's murdering in his apartment. Yeah, not as but, bad as Rat Girl. No, not as bad as Rat Girl. But um, I would say that even – so the scene where that you just said or the part in the book the where he gives scene. the urinal cake, yeah. Yeah. That I would say is still worse 
than a lot of the uh, scenes in the movie just because he's, yeah. he's just so mean. That one, that one so really bad. did like stay with me because yeah. it's just the way that it's written. Yeah. And the way that he does it, it's like, so you're right. It's, it's like, it's just mean, like it's so cruel. The cruelty, like it's the point is he's literally, he's trying to be as cruel as possible. He's trying to hurt other people as much as he can possibly hurt them. Like the point is the pain and misery that he's causing. Yeah. Well, the whole thing as well is that he's trying to, you know, inflict what he's feeling onto other people. I think he yeah. does say that once in the book or a couple of times in the book. Yeah. Where he's like, I want people to, yeah. Because all he, yeah, he talks about all he, all he knows is like pain and hate and he doesn't have, he doesn't, he's incapable of feeling anything else. Um, and yeah, the book, if... <laughs> If nothing else does a good job of making you feel his fucking pain and hate as well uh, and just making you like sit in it and experience it. Um, not, yeah, it's not an, ex- it's an experience that is difficult to recommend, I'd say. As you're reading the book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's another, there's another thing I wanted to talk about. Um, yes. Not a, not a funny thing. Uh, is there anything else? In- yeah. Have a look at There's not very many light-hearted fun scenes in the book. Like even the no. ones we just described. We basically just went over all 10 of them, to I 1 think. is like really fucking horrible things to make yeah. funny things. They don't anywhere near make up for the absolutely horrible things. Yeah, the, the, the movie's sort of more um, made of like uh, iconic, like funny, um, interesting scenes. Uh, and then also the book is just the cement of the book is just pages and pages and pages of like just conversations and fashion advice. And, yeah. Um, the, the critiques of music that he does in the movie, um, <laughs> yeah, the way that they, they, well. they, they like build them into the scenes. It's quite well done in the books. They're just chapters that like are separated from the story. Many, many where, words. Yeah. And pages. It's just like a legitimate, um, pop music review in the middle of a st- in, the, in the middle of the story yeah it's like, like if you're reading he a barely, fucking if yeah. patrick bateman had like a blog exactly where he was yeah. talking about this is literally that printed on a page where he like he barely references like him as a character in those in those chapters it's mostly just like uh his voice talking about yeah, just songs, just very, like very genuinely critiquing the music it's very strange yeah. Um, and that's where the Huey Lewis and the news stuff comes from and all of that. There was one other thing. We didn't talk, kind of iconic scene in the movie that we didn't talk talk about much. Um, there was something I already told you, but that I read. The uh, business card scene in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Classic scene. Uh, I read something where someone had said that he actually had ranked all of their uh, business cards, each of their individual business cards that they're comparing in the movie. Oh, yeah. This guy had ranked, apparently there's a fucking... A professional. Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's some, you know, they go into extreme detail about uh, qualities of business cards and what separates good from bad business cards uh, in real life. So this guy's basically gone through and ranked all their business cards and it actually ends up, it's like, it's accurate. you know, the same as how they've They'd done it in the movie. Paul yeah. Allen's card is actually the best. <laughs> I wonder if that guy realizes 
how ironically uh, counterintuitive that is <laughs> to the entire point of the movie. <laughs> probably not. No, probably honest. not. So this is what I kind of want to get at more with the movie is I think this has this movie has sort of like this cult following uh, largely among like dudes who think it's really cool. What are your thoughts on American Psycho the movie as a piece of feminist media? Did you know that it was um did you know that it was a female director? I did, but has she ever said I'm I'm actually not sure. Did she ever say that uh this movie makes um, some comment about it being specifically a feminist? No, no, no. She she's piece. never she hasn't she I don't think she ever said explicitly like this is a feminist movie. But I think they do. They did talk about how they purposefully gave the female characters, uh, like a perspective. Like um, in the movie, there are these scene. There's the scene where Gene, his assistant, um, like finds his journal and sees all these horrible things, and like you sort of follow her for a little bit. That's completely unique to the movie. Um, Gene is in the book, but and and all those all the stuff that happens with Gene between him and her. But you never get anyone's perspectives, but uh, perspective, but Patrick in the book, um, right? And they and they talked about how when they were making the movie, the they felt like the only way to justify the violence against women was to tell it with the pers- like the female perspective in mind, and kind of frame it like as that kind of story. So like I don't she she never came out and said like this is a feminist movie but I think it's pretty clear that that was her intent. There are some elements, right? And and if you look at if you look at her body of work as well, um, that's that's kind of what she does. That's, that's my, my understanding is that's what she does. Yeah. Well, I think in the movie, um, different to the book, I don't think the book did this as much. In the movie, by the end of it, um, even though there are no actual consequences for Patrick. You do get a look into how kind of fucked up and like how sad and just absolutely horrible his mental state is at the end. It's yeah. not like he's going. I mean, in the book, you do see that as well. But you get it all the You don't way feel bad for him. He does nothing in the book makes you feel bad for him, even in the slightest way. You do not feel bad for him. The book he's just a takes fucking pains. Yeah, the the book the book really doesn't humanize him at all. No. In the movie, yeah. uh, with some of the scenes at the end, it's not like uh, you're sitting there being like, "Oh my god, I, I just, I resonate." Feel, he, look, yeah. we, uh, he's he's such a um, what's the word? He's such a like, Torture yeah, I don't know. They they do soul. humanize him. It's not like people are sitting there watching it, thinking, "Oh, I feel you know, I feel so bad for him, poor Patrick," and like this and that. But at least there's you do a touch get that of humanization. Aspect. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, there's like. In the movie, there's definitely more of like I think, yeah, like a kind of tendency to 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 want better for Patrick to like want right. him to be able to get out of this like horrible hell. But yeah, the the book makes its point differently. the The book is like, no, this guy is completely beyond any kind of redemption from the reader in his own world from himself. <laughs> There is like, there's nothing, there's no hope for him. Yeah. Not even um, being 
fucking caught. Yeah, like like yeah. no amount of consequences, even if they did come to him, would justify any of his actions throughout yeah. the entire book. But yeah, and like clearly at the end that's he wants to be caught. Um yeah. because even that would be a, a just that would just get him out of the hell the the cycle of like, you know, obviously consumerism and everything is what the movie is critiquing. Um but uh yeah and that and that sort of is summed up in the book. Um it has a maybe like I was going to say famous, but like anything famous about this book is like overshadowed by the movie. Yeah. Um, but the book ends with Patrick, uh, with him and his friends in a club or a restaurant. I can't remember, but he basically looks over and he sees a sign and it says, this is not an exit. Um, and that's like the last sentence of the book, you know, that kind of sums it up is his violence and his horrible acts are not, a way out of his life in the movie they do a similar thing where they end it except they have this monologue at the end um that's taken from the book from different parts of the book all chopped up i think yeah it's like different bits and pieces i i'm pretty sure as well yeah from the book yeah it's it's this big speech about how like he's not a real person he's just an abstraction and that there's yeah it's it's sort of like a similar vibe, like there's no escaping anything or whatever. And there's um there's a blurry exit sign in the background, which is a uh sort of homage to the to the last line to the this is not an exit line. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say we can we can sort of give our final thoughts on probably most people haven't read the book, but uh, a lot of people good. have seen the movie. <laughs> yeah. Very so, good. Orlando, uh, what do you tell these people, uh, do American Psycho fans? Should they read the book? I Okay, I would say uh, don't read the book because you enjoyed the movie because it's not like literally fucking any of the <laughs> other things we've covered here where it's like, oh, you can see the movie and then yeah, if, you're if you really fan. liked it and you want more of that, you can get more knowledge about the movie and, you know, get some some more backstory from the characters or backstory of the characters from the book absolutely do not read the book just because you enjoyed the movie yeah i would say read the book you know if you have nothing better to do if you're bored of all the other books that you know you've been reading if yeah if you really want something different if you like if you want to read something that is both challenging to get through and really really hard to like justify any meaning from like I really felt like I had to do a lot of like extra reading after reading the book to like grasp the meaning and then I felt a bit uh better afterwards like okay I guess the book's actually about something if you want if you want to be challenged you know what's also funny with the book is like if you want to read it or if you decide to read it don't even feel pressured to like read the whole thing. It's not like if you yeah, read the whole true. thing, you're going to get some, um, you know, get a better idea of what it's talking about. You can yeah. literally open the book at any point and just <laughs> read a couple chapters. And that is the entire book <laughs> that you have an idea of what the entire book is about. You could just read some choice excerpts from the book. Yeah. Like Rat Girl chapter. No. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was gonna say you could actually just read the whole book except for Rat Girl chapter, and that would be a ninety percent better experience. 
Wars. Yeah. Well, you know what? There's that one... So that whole section, I would say, near the middle or like the third quarter maybe of the book where that scene is in, Yeah. that is one of many... So at that point in the book... Yeah, there's lots fucking of fucking Patrick Bateman stuff. has it's just a cycle of different girls and women coming through his apartment. Um yeah. and that is just one of the many horrible things that he does to different people. That's yeah. like the worst one. But there are some other things he does uh to these girls in his apartment that are almost as bad. There and it's just this constant barrage of fucking disgusting horrible, horrible disgusting acts. things really bad anyways yeah. oh also i was gonna ask you said you see i really enjoyed the movie i would say like i really like it i think it's in my like top three or top five movies but you oh uh, yeah i actually the movie like didn't impress me that much i hadn't seen it before and i kind of thought it would be more interesting to be honest yeah that's fair um, enough yeah, I don't know. I kind of felt similar to the book. I didn't really, it didn't have like a very clear story that he, that hit me. Yeah, maybe reading the book first kind of fucked it up. That could very well be the case because I guess yeah. reading the book first, you're already in the mindset of... Yeah, well, you already know everything interesting about the movie, but yeah. it's just been delivered to you in a horrific way. I guess... You kind of went into the movie then. Oh, maybe like, was it a case of the only things you were getting from the movie at that point then was the like one-liners and stuff like that? Yeah, maybe. And like they sort of failed to impress me that much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. You know, there's, um, they made a musical of American Psycho. Did they actually? Yeah, they did a few years ago. Um, and it opened in London and Matt Smith, the doctor, Doctor Who. The 11th Doctor. Yeah, he played Patrick Bateman in the musical. I can kind of see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, actually, now that I think about it. But it's it's a lot closer to the book. Like I, I haven't actually seen it just from listening to the soundtrack. It seems to be a lot closer to the book in terms of tone. Oh, like, I was going to say Bateman. surely it's more upbeat. No, it's like it's 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 very like uh it it's not like a classic musical. It's yeah. very like experimental in its sound and like very weird. Um and yeah, he, Matt Smith plays it seems to me from listening to the soundtrack uh a very uh you know bleak uh Patrick Bateman like the book rather book like than, Patrick Bateman. Yeah, rather than um Christian Bale's, uh, uh, you know, peppy, um, Epic Tom Cruise impersonation. <laughs> yeah. Well, did, have you read American Psycho, uh, and have some interesting thoughts about it? Did you enjoy <laughs> the book more than the movie? If you did, I would really like to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, explain and yourself. Why? Uh, you can and contact us and message the show at, the book's better on Instagram um, and cool. keep up to date. New apps every week. Next week Very nice. is Harry Doing Potter. Doing Harry Potter again. Uh, I think so, Harry three and four. That's right. So Fun. Uh, palate cleanser. <laughs> yeah, nice. Very good. Yeah. 
Let's very much looking forward to that. Fucking wash this horrible fucking taste of American Psycho out of our mouth. <laughs>